Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining us today. And I've got Maddie and Haley and uh, we have been very busy. We went from one issue to the next and forgot to celebrate the ending of the last issue because we jumped right into the next. Um, so we just wanted to give you, uh, we were trying to kind of congratulating ourselves for getting another issue um, put to bed under work from home uh, conditions. So we just wanted to give you a little kind of sneak peek preview of what's to come. This is our fall issue that will be out. I believe you should have it next month, um, which is gonna be here before you know it. Um, so um, welcome ladies. And so we just thought we would kind of give, like we said, a little sneak peek, uh, kind of hopefully intrigue you with what's to come. And uh, maybe if you're, you've got gardening going, maybe uh, save some of your things or can some of your things that you might be able to put to use in some of these great um, recipes we have or articles um, that will uh, help you in your fall cooking. That's right. Morning. Good so, morning. Uh, you know, we got the usual, we have our, our tips and we've got in the now and, um, but I think something really cool, um, we had for seasonal kitchen was cabbage and I, I considered <laughs> growing cabbage in my garden, but I just couldn't figure out. I have a very, very small space and <laughs> I just didn't think I could make it happen. <laughs> but, um, Maddie worked on this with Robin and, um, I think you guys had three recipes. Is that right? We did. Um, and I know when we first were discussing seasonal kitchen, we were talking like, well, do we stick to one cabbage? Do we do multiple cabbage? Do we do Brussels sprouts? So we mm -hmm. finally were like, let's just narrow it down to green cabbage, mm -hmm. something readily available, um, easy, you know, easy to use. And, you know, I think people mm -hmm. are more, it's more approachable to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So one of the recipes, well, this was the one that I kind of like had an idea on, but I, at first I was like, well, there's no one has done this. So it made me a little nervous <laughs> because, so I'm, what I developed was fried cabbage. And in the past we have done fried Brussels sprouts. And I remember Robin, like she didn't batter it. I don't think, I think she just literally fried Brussels mm -hmm. sprouts and they were splattering like crazy. <laughs> I remember and that. So, all I could think about is like, am I going to have oil overflowing in my kitchen? Like, well, that was my concern after you tested the blooming onion from several issues back. I was like, oh God, right? Dangerous. So the idea then, instead of doing a whole head of cabbage, was to kind of chunk it into wedges or you know smaller, easier to work with pieces. Um, do a you know a batter on it and fry it up. And it worked and there it, was no casualties. They were, oh my gosh, I was shocked at how good they were. The, um, they were perfectly seasoned. The batter was crispy and just crunchy and perfect. Not too much, not too little. And it was freaky how quickly you cook them and then how soft the cabbage got inside. So you had this right? cooked, delicious cabbage, not mushy, but just perfect and then this great coating oh my gosh it really is like crazy good totally well and I think because the core is still intact on all of those wedges it's like easy to hold by the little uh -huh. end there and eat it just right out of your hand yeah very very savory and tasty no sauce yeah. necessary though you know no. I'm a mayonnaise lover myself 
I know. Well, we kind of, Maddie and I were talking. I said, I think it's kind of like, um, uh, like an um, artichoke that if you want to do some mayo with it or an aioli or whatever, go ahead and do that. But really, yeah. it's not needed. <laughs> I know. I yep. mean, it's very shocking because when I first was battering it, I'm like, oh my God, this is a pain in the butt because, <laughs> you know, I'm trying so hard to get all the layers of cabbage coated and stuff but in the end it worked pretty well so yeah. i was happy with how that turned yeah. out um and then i know robin did uh an, a gratin lovely perfect but this was i loved the next thing what and we had seen in a cookbook somebody had done a cake with sauerkraut and we thought what about cabbage could it just be done with cabbage oh we've got rigby or or Nigel yeah. joining us. <laughs> yeah, my cat Rigby is investigating the room. <laughs> I guess he, he heard about the cabbage cake because Robin did a chocolate cabbage cake, which it's sort of, it sounds maybe weird, but it's sort of the a la um, like zucchini cake or something. And it was, it was so good. Um, it was, and I know like behind, like that whole story was kind of like wishful thinking, like, well, you know, what if we did this or, uh -huh. you know, it kind of sounded like red velvet because, you know, the acid and sauerkraut or, you know, and all these different things that we were throwing up or like, let's keep it simple and just yeah. shred some cabbage and hide it in there. And let me tell you, the girls had no idea they were eating cabbage cake. <laughs> they just loved it. Like two it's thumbs like up. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So if you're trying to hide um, veggies from your kids or from your um, grandkids or whatnot, or your nieces or nephews, this is the cake to make. And oh, guess totally. what? You want it for yourself, really. <laughs> you do. You know, and I was surprised, you know, because cabbage can be kind of a strong flavor, um, but you really wouldn't know it's in there. No, um, hilarious. Like it's like your magic secret ingredient that no one will know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the fun article. Um, I think we had all kinds of different ideas, and you know, once we landed on the three, I think it was pretty, pretty was, nice to wrap up that article. It was. It was fantastic. And um, well, since this is our September October issue, um, some people refer to it as issue one forty three. We usually bander that the number around. Most people, I think, at home are are referring it more towards um, September October. But uh, we had to have casseroles. So, and these were sort of classic dishes sort of, or made fresher or better. And I know um, a couple that really, or the two that I really remember and, and uh, love were the chicken cordon bleu and the tuna noodle casserole. So if you're a casserole lover, <laughs> um, this, this is something you want to check out. And the third one, the bacon cheeseburger casserole, oh, my personal fave. Of course. <laughs> oh, that's right. Was that the one I developed? <laughs> I might have been. It might have been. It's been so long. It's hard to remember what's what issues from the next. I know well, the tuna noodle. If I remember, it does not use canned tuna. It was That's fresh correct. tuna, right? And yep. it it had citrus in it. I think it was triple citrus. Yeah. Um, I'm also a lover of chicken cordon bleu, so that's probably my favorite. Though I do like tuna, so. <laughs> Uh, and this was something we won't get into this too much because we're going to we're going to dedicate a little bit more time. But we let's just say without getting into any more, we did a 
a the three of us did the next article, Test Kitchen Favorites, uh, Childhood Treats. And we'll just end it there because we will discuss this at another time a little more in depth. TBD. <laughs> TBD. Just a little teaser for you. Teaser. We'll leave you hanging. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who are um, looking for you know smaller portions uh, for two, these were a couple of great things. There was a Belgian beef stew because a lot of times stew, you're making massive quantities. So it's nice to have a small, you know, a streamlined version or a pared down version of, of um, a dish. And then there was chicken and noodles, which I, until I moved to the Midwest 10 years ago for this job, I did not know that chicken and noodles was not a soup. <laughs> I didn't like, yes. I didn't know that there was a stew version of it. And I developed one. I don't believe this was my recipe. I, well, no. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't know that it was a kind of famous um, Midwestern dish that's served over mashed potatoes, carbs right. on carbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like also in the Midwest in the schools where you'd serve chili with cinnamon rolls. Well, you it's funny you say that because you mentioned that and I was the most foreign thing and it wasn't that long ago that you mentioned that and I was kind of shocked and I'm not going to say repulsed. I was not going to say repulsed, but I, a little, I was like, oh, not my thing. I can, <laughs> um, you know, when you, when you start to do this job or you're into food, I think when you hear things or you read a recipe, you can start to taste it. And so mm -hmm. I hear that and I'm like, no, not working. But then I was listening to the local news and they were talking about chili with cinnamon rolls. And I said, okay, it's real. <laughs> Well, and then we had a chili cook-off, and it was hilarious because then we had cinnamon rolls there. And so I was like, oh, there you go. Now you can try it. <laughs> oh, and um, for our healthy department, we did an article on superfoods. And um, if memory serves me, I think – I know there were some blueberries in there. and Arugula was arugula, in there. Right? Uh -huh. Kefir. Uh, lentils. Let's see, were eggs in there? Um, uh, I, remember. I think that same, what did I, what was in? Um, sorry, Q folks, we don't have copies of this issue yet Two. in hand. Yes. Um, uh, anyway, it's superfoods, and it really was just to give you some information about um, some of the foods that um, are good for you and why they're good for you and that you should consider incorporating into your diet. And some um, little snippets on sort of how to incorporate them into your right, diet, which right. I think is nice. It's definitely a list that I have been meaning to print out and bring home and try to make sure, you know, I pick some of these up at the grocery store or use these items that I already have in my house. Yes. Um, because they're all uh, good ingredients that, you know, are n normal ingredients, nothing weird. Uh, and who doesn't want to eat a little better? That's right. Well, I do have arugula, blueberries, and and um, quinoa in the house. <laughs> so, quinoa may have been on the list as well. <laughs> I thought you said quinoa. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. But I, uh, <laughs> and then this one was really cool. Uh, we did a class on homemade pasta, and we got Teresa, our art director, who is um, of Italian heritage, and she um, and her family um, owned restaurants, and so she has a long she's been making pasta for a long time in her life. And um, one of, and I, I want to say it might be a Des Moines thing, or maybe it is a, what her family thing, but she makes cavatelli. And this was sort of her Nonna style cavatelli. So 
um, I believe it was a cuisine recipe kind of based off a cuisine recipe. And then she made cavatelli. And I shouldn't get into this too much because there is going to be a there's going to be a podcast on this. So um, but I didn't. It's very cool technique of how she um, makes them, I thought. And um, and then, of course, if you've got pasta, you want something to go with your pasta. And so there was a um, an article with um Four classic sauces, bolognese, gorgonzola, alfredo, and amatriciana. Um, so, yum. All tasty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Can't go wrong with any of those. Uh, oh, and uh, moving right along, we love to do our cookbook um, features, and we partnered with the um, Food in Jars author this time, and she had a blog, right, and then turned it into a book. Yes. And okay. you know, she also teaches classes, I believe, along, you know, get, you know, she's always kind of been passionate about canning and preserving. And, you know, she uh, it's really a very fun book because I know a lot of us like, well, me personally, I like to can salsa. I haven't, you know, dabbled too far into the canning and preserving. We did a great article last year, which is actually online, folks, if you're, and that's sure. one of the things we did talk about in this issue. And one of the reasons we kind of gravitated towards this book is because canning and preserving are so um, prevalent right now at this time of the year and with gardens and ever more so now. But so this was a perfect book, Maddie, and you have a great oh, article that's online. Yeah. Well, and she put to use like a lot of, you know, so it was necessarily like if you want to make um, make a preserve or just use up your preserves that you have on hand. Uh, she it was a lot of cool recipes and it was hard to narrow down which ones to start with. But we focused in on her tomato jam, which is so tasty. It had just the right amount of spice and like heat to it. Um, and then so we turned that and used it in some of her other recipes like a tomato vinaigrette, and she even had a savory tomato jam granola, which was so good too. Mm. And not that what you would delicious. normally think of. Um, and then we also featured her potato pancake that was topped with greens and the tomato vinaigrette. So, I mean, it was so tasty and all of them were, I would give them tens. Yeah. Oh, I know. I When I got those last little scrappies in the office, I was very <laughs> fortunate for that. Mm. I know it gobbled that down. I'm like, there was so many different recipes to choose from and just made you think differently besides just here, put jam on some toast. You know, mm -hmm. it was giving you lots of creative ways to put those to use. So I mm -hmm. with that book. Uh, Maddie, can you repeat her name? I didn't hear you when you said that. Um, I'm probably saying it wrong, so I am sorry, but it, it, Marissa McClellan. That's right. Um, and so I would check out folks, our website too, because we have some, um, articles there and recipes there on, um, canning and preserving, uh, making homemade jam and making salsa and also canning tomatoes. I know Maddie, that was incorporated into your article. And then Haley, you had done previously years ago, an article on, um, preserves. And both of those are on our website, cuisineathome.com. And then I just want to kind of mention too, um, we taught, we've talked about this before and uh, we did a podcast about our summit, but we have been partnering with um, cookbook authors for um, several years now. And um, we just love um, working with people who are sort of 
you know, up and comers or have really interesting content that we think that you'll enjoy. And um, it's a way to provide a platform for them. And it's a way for um, us to give you some interesting content. But we uh, partnered with multiple cookbook authors to do a virtual summit. And that is an uh, it's a free summit that is on our website. So if you go to mustlovefoodsummit.com, that is the way to find it, mustlovefoodsummit.com. And you can sign up. It is free. It's on demand. So you can go back anytime and watch the, um, the videos. And so there are 15 videos from cookbook authors, and you can um, watch any of the videos. Like I said, go back. And if you sign up before July 31st, you will be in the running to win two free cookbooks. One of our feel-good food cookbooks plus one of the cookbooks from uh, one of the presenters. And some of the presenters are Stephen Reichlin, um, Maddie Benjen, our very own. <laughs> um, no cookbook from me. Sorry, people. <laughs> um uh, Samantha Sandavaratna. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the Joys of Baking. Um, Emily, Emily Vikra. 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 She's got a cocktail book. Uh, we are still waiting for Brian Ford's video. In fact, I need to find out about that. Uh, he is uh, our, we do have his books, but he is a uh, New World Sourdough. Um, but anyway, so check out the summit. It is free. It is, it is on our website. Um, mustlovefoodsummit.com. And uh, if you sign up before the 31st, you will be in the running to win two free books. So that's the end Pretty of that. Cool PSA. Deal. I mean, it is a cool deal. Plays, you only get one chance. You get yes. what, 13, 15? Well, no, 25. There will be 25 winners. How awesome. Yeah. Because they great. sent us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, well, it's, I love that it's on demand. So if you right. don't have time to watch it all at one time, you know, or you just want to watch one a day or whatever it may be, and you can do it anywhere you want. Yeah. And I oh. think we've been getting some good feedback because they like that. They like yeah. being able to kind of tune in here and there. Um, they're yeah. about 20 minutes long or so, yeah. you know, so they do add up. But if you yeah. can watch one, yeah. you get some good info. Totally. Well, and there's also a free download too from, um, there were two chefs from Nashville during the pandemic, uh, during closure, Nashville's restaurants came together and they, um, some of the kind of hot, trendy or popular restaurants provided um, content, basically a recipe for a free downloadable cookbook that they put together. I think it's called Recipe Notes, A Taste of Nashville. And so that is available. So you sign up for the summit and you go look at John Hagee, I think, and yes. uh, Nina um, Singto. Yes, thank you. Uh, there, if you go to their videos, there's just a button there and you can download and you've got that free cookbook that is available for you. So anyway, there we go on that. And uh, moving right along with our issue, September, October issue, we've got um, in Wares, John um, did a comparison of measuring cups. I, you know, there's things that you use every day in your cooking, most likely. And we've gotten questions from people asking, are all measuring cups exactly the same? Or are they not? And so he dove a little deeper into the world of measuring cups and did a nice little comparison for us. 
Mm-hmm. And you can't have um, fall without slow cooker. And so a couple of roasts, uh, one is a Spanish inspired and one is an Italian. This was one I developed, uh, beef and Italian red wine um, with cheesy sage polenta. Uh, Both incredibly rich <laughs> and incredibly delicious. And you will be going back for more than one helping. Uh, and they're both made with chuck, which is a great slow cooked cut of beef. And, uh, you know, it's mostly hands off time because it's in your slow totally. cooker. So yeah. who doesn't love that? And it just proves that the slow cooker is still needed. You know, exactly. I know a lot of people have converted to the instant pot, but there's something about just putting it all into the slow cooker and letting it do its thing. Yep. Well, and the beauty of the Instant Pot is you can use it as a slow cooker too, right? I have not done that. I've only used it as sort of the pressure cooker. Quick. Yeah. Um, and I've never used it as a rice cooker either, but I know it does that, I think. And some isn't someone on staff cooker eggs? Or maybe it's not our staff, but I think it was somebody. Uh, I don't think I have. Was it Megan? Might be. She might cook eggs that way. Have not investigated it. Um, John did an article. I think John did an article on the Instant Pot. He did. uh, Which uh, you can find at cuisineathome.com. And then you gals, (laughs) Maddie, I think, was the discoverer of this uh, uh, new product. in the Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And this was thanks to my (laughs) father-in-law. I went and shoveled their driveway one winter and we were blessed with a little treat of screwball peanut butter whiskey in man. Is that good? Oh, it is. <laughs> I've told Haley and Pam and everyone. I'm like, even the people who don't like whiskey, you will like this. I do. True story. I, yeah. Testimonial over here. Well, and then you, you turned it into four uh, cocktails. Yep. Yes. And so you it, had, um, you had a Manhattan, a um, toddy, a, a toddy, and then there was was there a Reese's and a PB and J? Were those the other two? They were. Yeah. Okay. So and they're kind of self-explanatory. So if you think Reese's, you think there's probably a little chocolate component to it, and you think PB and J, there's going to be a little fruit um, kind of jellyish component to it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Delish. Uh, and then for um, All About and One in Four, we focused on pears, the other fruit. <laughs> the forgotten the other, fruit. The other Apples get all fruit. the glory. Exactly. Um, and uh, so we've got some sweet and savory recipes there. Um, some uh, fig bars, a pear fig bars, excuse me, and some bread pudding, which are on the sweet side. And then there's crab stuffed pears and um, a pear salad. Mm-hmm. Pulling up the, well, not quite the rear. Uh, we had um, four soups that John developed for Faster with Fewer. Uh, and I, one of them was uh, very intriguing. I did not taste this. I don't think I was, though I do think I was in the office when he was shooting it. But um, I think it was an apple strudel where he took, um, didn't he take phyllo and make like kind of um, uh, a, to- a crispy topping for sure. the soup. And it, yep. And it was like Swedish, sweet, sweet. Ish. <laughs> Correct. Yes. But it did have, I remember it had uh, like leeks as the base. So it's not like dessert. I mean, sure. it's probably rich and could stand in as a dessert, but it had that sort of backbone of a savory uh-huh. element too. Sure. And I know, and you I, did know a- I think he served it with sour cream to kind of cut through the richness to mm-hmm. uh, kind of balance out all the flavors. And I think yeah. he kind of indicated that this could be sort of 
more of a dessert soup or an amuse-bouche or something like that, that you would maybe sit down and eat a whole bowl of it. Maybe Correct. you would, but, uh, and I think he had a harissa sort of maybe Moroccan style soup. Lamb. Lamb. Uh, yep. We're yeah. doing a lot of thinking on this so, article. Like, <laughs> I know. A, was it a Creole chicken noodle? There was a mushroom. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Zoodles. <laughs> Correct. All very You're tasty and fun to check out because they're, they're pretty quick. So Yes. And then pulling up the rear, <laughs> finally, as I was saying, uh, was uh, Robin did a peanut butter pie. And we had kind of bandied about doing a peanut butter pie for a while. And, um, Probably years. Yes. And I think... I think if I remember, I had a friend um, from New York who uh, lived in Chicago for a while. She had gone to the university there and her husband grew up there. But anyway, and they'd lived there for a while. She would drive through Indiana. And I think Indiana is famous for a peanut butter pie. And I think, Haley, you've got grandparents or you've had grandparents who were from there. And had you had it? Okay. Well, what's interesting is, yes, both of my parents... Um their parents were from Indiana and I love peanut butter pie, but at no point did I ever know that they were connected. <laughs> I didn't either. Yeah. Um, so Robin did her own riff on it, uh, with a, um, she, uh, the, one of the cool things is I know she was unhappy with her crust originally. And so we bandied about on a call one day of, how to sort of change up her crust. And she went with um, those peanut butter crackers. Is that right? Yes, uh, Ritz bits. Okay. Those sort of miniature Ritz sandwiched with peanut butter. Uh, which gave it the right saltiness and texture and all of that, but also some peanut butter flavor. And then she did a ganache, a uh, layer of ganache, and then kind of made her peanut butter mousse or something and fold, well, folded it in with some whipped cream, I think. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, uh, I know she had a drizzle, or uh, um, chalk. Yeah. Peanut butter bits and chocolate on the top. Right. Yep. So she reserved yes. some of that ganache to drizzle over the top. And then, you know, I mean, what's a peanut butter pie without Reese's, uh -huh. uh, you know, the mini <laughs> little Reese's cups chopped up and thrown on because why not? <laughs> why not? Is so right. good. I, perfect. But so rich. Dessert. Perfect. A little dabble do ya. <laughs> Totally. And I know she tried it with a pie crust originally and she liked it. So if you don't want to go through the futz of doing the mini Ritz bits, the pie dough does work, but yes. you know, you are missing out. You're going to want to try it the whole, yeah. the whole recipe. <laughs> right. And uh, I think we reference our, one of our pie crust in the article. So you can go online, you can go to cuisineathome.com to get that if you want, or if you've got your own favorite, or as um, we were saying, try the, the Ritz Bits peanut butter pieces because it just yes. is that good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> well, I hope we've intrigued you. I hope you've, we've given you, uh, well, we are just happy that, um, again, that um, in, in our new normal that we are plugging along and that we've gotten our second issue um, tucked away at the printers. And uh, we are, we are, really deep into the next issue now and uh, moving right along with that. It's our holiday issue. We you always know, have Christmas yeah. in July. Yes. <laughs> um, I also want to make a point, you know, thank you to all of our readers who are writing into us and telling us how much they are enjoying the recipes, especially when we're working from home in this new normal. It's, it's been a challenge. I know all of us have had different 
challenging task, but to hear from the readers that they're really loving what we're doing really makes us realize we're doing the right thing. It makes it worth it. Yes. Totally. Yes, I agree. So, well, thanks for that mention and uh, thanks for joining me, ladies. And uh, we hope we've given you some um, food for thought. <laughs> and, literally. Uh, literally, <laughs> yes. And uh, hope that you uh, are now waiting for at your mailboxes, <laughs> counting down the days until you get your issue in hand. And uh, if you're not yet a subscriber, please go to cuisineathome.com and subscribe and you can have all of these recipes in at home shortly. We look forward to having you join us again. So thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.